Hello, welcome to Enlightened Empaths with Samantha and Denise. We are very happy to wish you a joyous new year. Um, For this show, we have a lot of exciting things that we want to discuss. So if you have time, take out a pen and paper because you might want to take some notes. Uh, We're going to be talking about releasing the old and making way for the new as we transition into 2018. So I just want to pause first and just say Happy New Year, Denise. Happy New Year to you as well, Samantha. So happy to be doing this show again with you. Um, Thank you guys for allowing us to have a little break. We replayed the episode where I interviewed Denise on my Psychic Teachers podcast uh, so that we could enjoy the holiday season with our family. But we are back with all new shows for the rest of the month. So what I thought we could talk about, Denise, to start with is just sort of like a reflection on 2017 and some of the major energetic shifts and news and movements that we saw coming in. And then I thought we could talk about what that means for us and how to let go of the old year. Does that That sound like a good plan? Okay. So... um, In 2017, we had a lot of major, major events that impacted our country here in America and the world as a whole. Um, We saw, for example, our first reality TV star be elected president. We've seen tensions in North Korea rising considerably. We had um, a lot of terrorist attacks. We had terror attacks in New York City, Barcelona, the Ariana Grande concert. We had um, the massacres in Las Vegas and at the Texas church. And I'm sure there's several others I'm not listing here. Um, But there was just a lot of violence, so much to the point where it kind of became like, oh, another one. And I, I don't ever want to see me or any of us get to that point. But there just seemed to be so many violent events in 2017. We had the, um, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say it's also reflective in the um, environmental impact of hurricanes and wildfires and earthquakes. And and that's also on a global level. So in addition to all of the unrest and and changes societally, the environment and the, the things happening in the natural world have almost mimicked a lot of the unrest as well. Yes, we had um, Hurricane Harvey in Texas, Hurricane Irma in Florida, and Hurricane Maria in Puerto Rico, and they're still dealing with the effects of that in drastic ways. Uh, We had um, the protest in Charlottesville, Um, so just a lot of upset going on everywhere, it felt like. Uh, A positive highlight, for me anyway, in 2017 was the total solar eclipse. I thought that was a really cool event, one that I'll remember. Mm -hmm. Um, We had and another negative event that I feel is going to turn into a very positive event is the hash to, uh, the hashtag Me Too movement with so many uh, people being brought to the light in terms of some of the sexual harassment they've been imposing on men and women for decades. So a lot of stuff going on in 2017 and not a lot of it super positive. And so um, I think it's a good thing to say goodbye to some aspects of this year. 2017 felt just kind of in your face to me, didn't it? It did. And it was also uh, all the hype at the beginning of, well, a year ago now on this is a one year. It's about initiating. It's starting new. And truly, I think that a lot of the things that you just mentioned and that we just Uh, spoke about truly are that bringing this back down to that foundational place to to take a step forward from where we've been. But we, you know, my son made a really good point. He said, the pendulum has gone too far in one direction. And I think that Mm -hmm. that's a really accurate measure of so many aspects of what we're dealing with on the planet right now. I agree. I definitely agree. So, um, and I'm sure for those of you listening, you had your own moments that uh, you'll want to let go of. And I'm, and I'm hopeful that you all had a lot of moments in this year that you want to hold on to and and remember. 
But for the moments that we want to let go of, um, I thought we could talk about some rituals and some things that we can do on New Year's Day and, and the, the first week of New Year's because today is New Year's Day and it's also the first full moon of the year. So it's a really good time to spend in reflection and gratitude. And I think it's important to look back on 2017 with an with an expression of gratitude, even if there were some negative events that touched your life. We have to look at those in in positives and in what you know we um we learned from those events. But there's a couple of things that you can do to help yourself let go of these things. Uh, one of the ones that I do with my girls every New Year's Eve is we sit around the dining room table after our New Year's Eve dinner and we write down um, everything that we want to get rid of for the year. And, you know, for my kids, it's usually homework, test, midterms, <laughs> cranky teachers, <laughs> things like that. But it doesn't matter if you have kids, just as long as they get the idea of letting go. And you don't show it to anyone. You don't share it with anyone. You don't read it. It's private. But you spend time as a group just writing this all down. And if you want to do this on your own, it's perfectly fine to do this as a solitary exercise as well. So you write everything down. Um and if you are with other people, you can you can share one or two things if you feel compelled to do so that you're happy to let go of. And then you get a bowl that you can um, burn something in. You get a burn-proof bowl. And you put everything, all the slips of paper in there. And then you can say a little prayer or an intention over the bowl of letting go. And then you light those pieces of paper on fire. And then what you're supposed to do is once those are safely ashes and the fire is no more and it's just dried ashes, you're supposed to release it into running water. Um, but what we, my girls and I normally do is we put it right down the toilet because we're like, that's where this negative stuff belongs. <laughs> <laughs> and we flush it. Um, and then I have these um, wishing papers. Have you ever used wishing papers, Denise? No. They're really, really fun. You could get them in a lot of um, arts and crafts stores and uh, often metaphysical stores, gift shop stores. You can order them online too, I'm sure. But they're just these super thin pieces of tissue paper. And you write down all of your wishes for the year. And then you roll it up around this little cone that it, it tells you how to do it. And then you light it on fire and it goes up into the air and disintegrates. Ooh. It's really cool. And so it's a nice way to just kind of, you know, let things go. My girls and I, we used to tie our wishes to balloons and let the balloons go right after midnight. And then I read all that stuff about balloons, mm -hmm. you know, with the environment. So we don't do that anymore. But we, we do the wishing papers and I feel that it has the same effect. Do you do anything like that on New Year's Eve? I do. I, I'm Now that my sons are older, of course, when, when they were younger, we used to do the intentions and talk about the year. But, you know, I'm a very avid journaler, and I, I write a lot around the end of the year, around the beginning of the year. And generally, I write a whole lot about releasing and reviewing what the year brought to me. And I always find those positive things and also those things that, how did I grow from this? And I know that sounds very esoteric and all those things. But it, for me, that's a real benchmark. And I've shared before, I always start my new writing journal in August, you know, long story short, it doesn't matter why, but that's my my new year for writing. But this is almost my kind of a halfway point of reevaluating what's happened in the year and, and what I want to set forth for the coming year. And truly, I feel like 2018 is going to be an amazing new start and fresh beginnings for so many people. I do too. I do too. Um, here's something else you can do to help yourself um, create new energy for the, for the new year. You can think of three emotions that you want to feel in the new year. Because as you empaths know, when we are trying to manifest, the key ingredient is emotion and feeling it, feeling it real. And so you can think of one, two, or three emotions that you want to feel in the new year, like love, peace, joy, health, freedom. And then you want to think about the self-beliefs, actions, and situations or people that are blocking these emotions from occurring in your life. And you can journal about that. 
And then you want to think about any small steps you can take to reduce, minimize, and eliminate these blocks. Next, you want to write down any big steps that you can take to creating these emotions in your life. And you want to um, take that piece of that, that journal piece of paper and just keep it like like Denise was saying, like in a journal that you can reflect on and look at and take action towards eliminating those self-beliefs, those actions, those situations or people from um, inhibiting your growth this year and be cognizant and mindful of that. Now, um, you can also, this is something that I've done a lot and I think it's a really fun exercise that helps keep us mindful of what we're trying to manifest in the new year. Because you all know the commercials have already started. Lose weight, feel great. You know, all these, all this energy is hyped up around the new year. But by the time February and March rolls around and then tax time in April, we're too tired to remember what we were so excited about in January. So I think it's nice to have reminders around your home of, oh yeah, I am manifesting that. So one of the things you can do is write down um, one, two, or three things that you really want to call into your life in 2018. And you want to write them down in, in I am statements. I am successful at work. I am free of my job. I am financially abundant. I am paying my bills with ease. You want to write down your I am statements, and then you want to fold that paper into fours. And a metaphysical trick is to fold the paper towards you every time so that you are bringing that energy to you. So don't fold it away from you. Fold the paper towards you, turn it, fold it towards you, turn it, fold it towards you, turn it, fold it towards you. And then you want to go out and buy a small plant that you cannot kill. So... (laughs) like a fern or a bamboo or a succulent. And you want to take a little terracotta pot to keep it in. Put some nice uh, rocks, grain or sand in the bottom to have some really good drainage. Um, put this piece of paper above those little rocks and then put your put the plant in there. And then what I like to do, you can even buy at, at a craft store, you can buy markers that are designed to write on terracotta plants. Uh, planters. Or you can just get a paint pen. And you write down words that symbolize your goals. So it might be love, peace, health, abundance, whatever it is for you. Or you can even just draw symbols that represent that, a heart, a money sign, a smiley face, a sun. Um, And then you keep that plant somewhere where you're going to see it, either at your desk at work or in the kitchen, and you water it and you take really good care of it. And you remind yourself that as you are growing this plant and caretaking this plant, you are growing your goals and caretaking that goal. I love that. It's a nice way to just, I think it's just so important for us to have these reminders and it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be the plant. Um, one year, a friend bought me. Have you ever seen those little prayer boxes you can wear on a chain around yes. your neck or on a bracelet? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so um, one year, she and I created goals for the new year, and we folded them up into tiny pieces of paper because they're small little prayer boxes. And we put them in the, our little boxes, and we wore them as a bracelet all year as a reminder of what we were praying for and what our goals, our intentions we were trying to manifest. I just think we have to have those reminders in our lives. Life life gets busy and life gets hard. And so we need to constantly reinforce to ourselves what we're trying to do for ourselves. Both the plant and the bracelet are daily things. They're visuals. You'll see them. Uh, I've done, you know, it's really nice to write down something in a journal or write it on a piece of paper, or do whatever, and then put it somewhere. And then, and I, <laughs> I'm admitting this out loud, is that, you know, six, seven months down the road, you move something in this box where you've put this piece. Oh, yeah, there they are, those goals. So to have something visual in front of you is fabulous. I agree. And it's such a nice idea to do a goal book at this time of year or a vision board. I'm just a really private person. And I don't, I just don't want anyone to see my vision board you know, I agree. I, I and that that's a huge thing. I think for a lot of people who are empathic is a lot of us are very, very private, very introverted, very well selective about what we share about ourselves and who we share it with. And that's not a bad thing. And that's taken me a long time to realize it's okay to be that way. Yes, 
Yes, exactly. That's not the default position for a lot of people. No, I agree. So, um, what are some other releasing techniques that you've utilized that have helped you? I, I think that that's a huge part of this too, is that, I, again, I have to go back to being an empath and being so, we're, we're so sensitive where we, you know, we've talked about this in every show, but one of the things is being able to release the past, whether it's from this past year or things that have been residual in our lives. And I know that uh, Deepak Chopra has a whole exercise that he does on uh, how to release the past and return to love because a lot of the past stuff that that we're, um, that holds us hostage or holds us on that loop tape there's usually there's some fear or some anguish or it's not positive emotions that are keeping us stuck there so if in you know we all I truly do believe that the opposite of of love is fear and you know there's a lot of research on that but but his his first thing is he says you know really recall an emotion that if it's really think about it recall that emotion because and we all have them we all have those triggers of i wonder what would have happened if i'd done this or we'll double guess something we did or a choice we made or a conversation that we had and then it, the, the interesting part was the the que- the next question was where do you physically feel it and you know, I thought of an emotion. I thought, well, I'm not feeling anything emotionally. So I read a little further and it said, well, if you feel nothing or you feel kind of numb about it, it's either so deeply rooted or such a fear-based place that you, you've you set up protection even from yourself for yourself, if that makes sense. So, you know, that's what he was saying. Once you identify that emotion, and it might be that you you feel something in your stomach or your shoulders tighten up or you feel a little nauseous, whatever physical emotion you feel from, physical sensation you feel from the emotion that you identify, that allows you to label it. You know, is it anger or hostility or sadness, grief, envy, anxiety, fear, resentment, you know, all the happy, joyful emotions. <laughs> uh, but, but I think those are the, those are the things that, that fester or hold us or, or keep us feeling less. So we're not able to move forward or release things. Um, and then similarly to what you just said, he, you know, he mentioned to express it, you know, how did you feel when this happened? Uh, what did the other people do? And he suggested writing this all out and, you know, you write down what, what happened in the situation, who else was involved, how did you react, and then you write a second paper on, you write it from another person's perspective, and then you write it a third time, which this is a big, you know, big undertaking, but I'm thinking if something is so deeply rooted that it either keeps replaying in your life or it's holding you stuck, it's worth doing this this work so you can finally set yourself free from it. Uh, the third step was to write it objectively like you were reporting on it, be totally watching it through the two-way mirror and very similar to what you said you know to to share this either with yourself or someone you trust and then release this whether through some kind of ritual or burn or whatever it is for you that is going to say I am so done with this thank you for the lesson I'm ready to let this go and then to celebrate which that piece I haven't seen a whole lot but to celebrate that release and and make it important and validate and acknowledge that there has actually been a release from the past so that you can move forward. Um, I just thought, that, I mean, that was very long-winded, but, you know, I read that through a few times and I thought about, have I done this or aspects of this in my life? And truly, I think that ritual of releasing, whether you're you're letting go the, the with the, um, the wish papers that you spoke of or burning things in the bowl or burying something in the ground, whatever that is, it's, it's giving it a sense of completion and ending. Yes, I agree. And I think writing it all down is a really good idea, but I'm also an advocate of talking it out as well. And I don't even mean with the person. Um, I had a situation with a friend who was texting me over Christmas break. Are you mad at me? Um, you haven't texted me back in a while. And, and I was like, no, my gosh, I'm sorry. I've just been really busy. And she texted back, I'm, I'm not buying that excuse anymore. You take 48 hours to respond. Um, I think you're mad. What's going on? And I kept saying, like, nothing's going on. It's Christmas. I'm, 
producing Christmas for my kids. I'm working. There's a lot going on. I'm I'm so sorry you feel this way. And then I started getting angry. Like, you know, why are you creating a fight when there is no fight? And so I just talked to my other good friend about it and I was talking about it and she's just a good listener. So she just listened. And I said, and after I got through my little angry outburst, I said, you know, she's going through a lot too. And she's probably just feeling really insecure because normally we talk every morning and I haven't been able to with all of this work and, you know, wrapping presents and hiding presents and getting Christmas cards out and uh, on and on and on. And I, as I was talking, I started to see it from her point of view and my anger just went away. So sometimes I think if you're not, if you don't have time in those moments to just write it all down, like he suggests, which I do think is really good. But I think sometimes just talking it out too is just as effective. And the other piece that I love about just the way you getting it out. is you didn't own it or feel guilty or you didn't make excuses. You're just like, well, no, I'm just really busy right now. But that and that's huge because I think yes, you got a little yeah. you know a little annoyed with it, but but not in the sense of of owning it and letting it be, trying to overcompensate for it, or um, which I, I tend to do because <laughs> uh, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. No, and I've I've done it. Yeah, I've done it in the past. In the past, I probably would have been like. Well, maybe I am mad and I don't know it. Maybe you're right. I mean, it, it's just, and that's never good. And I just stood in my power and I just said, no, like, please don't create a fight where there isn't one. And I, you know, I kept trying to show it from my point of view. And and then I just said, you know, texting like this doesn't work. It's late. We'll talk in the morning. And And then I just, and then I got angry. You know, like when you think about it on your own. And, you, and I was thinking about all the wonderful things I had done for her this year and this season, and I was getting more and more angry. And I thought, I'm not going to call her no. in this state. You know, that's not good. So I thought, let me call my friend and talk it out with her. And then, and as I did, I was able to flip it and see it from her point of view. Right. So it's important, I think, not to react either and to respond, like you don't have to, res- what's that thing? You don't have to respond to every fight you're invited right. to. I love that. But I think the, yeah. the, the key point in, yeah. in both the example and the Deepak Chopra and the all the things we've been talking about is find a way to get it out. Let it go. Get it out. Either you're writing it, you're you're talking it, you're doing, you're speaking it with someone, whatever it might be, but it, you have to get that out and, and give it voice. Um, and also, what I love, and you just you exemplified this beautifully, is you took responsibility for your part in it, but you didn't own the parts that weren't yours. So, so it doesn't keep recreating that cycle. It's just like, okay, this is what happened. This is where we are. This is what I'm going to do to to let it go, so I can forgive and move forward. And and all of this, to me, it just seems like it all leads to that that key piece of being present. So whatever we're doing to release the past, whether it's from this year or family of origin or old relationships or, you know, things that have happened recently, it always comes back to, okay, that happened. We can't change it, but what do we need to do to put it to rest so that we can be in the present and move forward? Yes. And that's what 2018 is all about you know, is, is letting go and making room for this new energy coming in. Tell everybody some of the themes that have been coming up in your readings. Cause I find that well, it fascinating. It seems like there's been a lot, a lot of people. Well, I, I think not, not to reiterate for, for anyone that I have done a reading with, I'm sorry, I'm repeating myself, but it just seems like the last several months, last, you know, couple few months anyway, there's been this, this whole sense of urgency of, I want to let this go. I want to move forward. I want to finish this up repeatedly over and over and over in readings. I've seen like, you know, the, the mental internal pictures of people looking over their shoulder at where they've been in either. Some people are slamming a door shut and putting a deadbolt on it. Some people are nudging that door closed, you know, just gently closing the door, but over and over, that's been a very prevalent theme that people are, are stepping away from where they've been because it doesn't fit anymore. People have been outgrowing relationships, jobs, 
uh, places that they've lived, repeated patterns with family members. It just, it's this incredible, and I've said this before, I just love the more sensitive the person, the more it seems to correlate with that we're all tapping into this same collective of energy. And we're going through similar similar situations, even though our, our, our storyline might be different. Um, but a lot, and also with that, it seems a lot of people are stepping into their own and stepping into their truth in a way that they never have before. There's this resurgence and this sense of self-acceptance that is truly going off the charts. I love it. I agree. And and in the readings that I've done with those themes, I, I've seen the same things you've seen. It, and it's almost as though, um, I don't know how to put this into words, but I'm going to try. It, it's almost as though people can't keep those doors open, even if they right. want to. It's like this sense of, I think that sense of urgency you were describing is because the universe is making that situation, whatever it is they're supposed to close the door to, it's almost as though the universe is making it unbearable on purpose. At first I thought it was um, a reaction or a reflection of what's been going on nationally, internationally, all the unrest, all of that stuff. But this is more on an individual, on an internal, and it may be part of that, but this is more about people not having the tolerance for things that aren't true in their life anymore. Like if this doesn't resonate with me and in, in who I am and what I came here to do, another incredible theme has been how can I best be of service? And I always add on to that and enjoy my time on the planet because I think there is, there are more people, if you choose to call it waking up or stepping into their power or, you know, shining their light a little brighter, whatever that might be. But throughout all of that, all of those, those different variances and themes it all comes back to people being more true to themselves. Yes, which is exactly what Saturn in Sagittarius was all about. And we're going to talk about that in a minute and what Saturn's movement means for us in the new year. Um, but first, we just wanted to take a little break and remind you of who we are and who you're listening to. Um, I'm Samantha Fay, and this is Denise Carell. You can find me at samanthafay.com and Denise is at thegratefulmessenger.com. We'd prefer that you connect with us uh, via our Facebook page, which is Enlightened Empaths. Um, we are trying to do our monthly Q&A show. So if you have questions that you find that you think the whole audience will find uh, interesting for us to discuss on the show, please send them to us um, on our Facebook page and we will try to get to those. We're going to try to do uh, at least one Q&A at the end of each month. We have a lot of exciting shows coming up for you in January and in, in keeping with this theme of people trying to let go of careers that aren't really working for them, we're going to be doing a show on um, manifesting the career that your heart wants and we're going to be doing a show on manifesting when your partner might not be wanting to manifest the same thing you want to manifest. So we've got a lot of neat topics we're going to be discussing um, also, in February, Denise and I are going to do our webinar, and we're really hoping you can join us. Uh, you can see us, and we can see you, which I love the aspect of doing a webinar. It's like teaching a class right in in front of everyone instead of um, through the remoteness of the podcast. We're going to be offering a show on manifesting love in the new year, and that's going to be on Wednesday, February 7th from 8 to 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And you can uh, find the registration link on our Facebook page, which again is Enlightened Empaths. Uh, we'll have that up at the end of the week. Anything else you want to tell oh, people no, about that I'm forgetting? It. it was beautiful. Okay. Okay, great. All right. So let's talk about Saturn's movement because I find this part pretty fascinating what Saturn has been doing. Um Saturn is known as Lord Karma or the great teacher. So Saturn always kind of annoys me because it's like, it's like that planet who's like, uh, 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 
you didn't say may <laughs> I, you know it's like it always kind of like holds you back a little bit um so saturn has been in sagittarius for the last three years the last time saturn was in sagittarius in case you want to think about your life then was 1985 to 1988 so think about some of the themes in your life then, and then go back to what Saturn and Sag has been doing um, for us the last three years. Saturn and Sagittarius is almost like a polygraph. It demands truth. It sheds light on what we need to know. Sagittarius rules light, miracles, truth, and wisdom. So we've also been asked these last few years to focus on our beliefs. You know, what do we believe? What do we believe to be true? What is our faith asking of us? Uh, what do we believe in? What do we believe in about ourselves? So Saturn in Sagittarius um, has been interesting, I think, to say the least. And I think if you look at some of the events that have gone on just in the last uh, six months or so with the hashtag MeToo movement, you'll see the effects of this polygraph, this truth that's demanding to be known. Now, on December 19th, Saturn moved into Capricorn, and it'll stay there until 2020. Saturn um, rules Capricorn, so it's happy here, which is nice. It's time when Saturn is in Capricorn, it's time to turn an eye towards career and choices that don't reflect who we are. So if you are in a career that is not indicative of who you are, it's going to become really uncomfortable to stay in that career during this time. If you are making choices that don't reflect who you are, those choices are going to become very uncomfortable to keep making. Capricorn demands respect and authenticity, and it offers rewards only through effort. There is no gifts here or lottery wins without effort first. Saturn in Capricorn is about cutting your losses and rebuilding. Now, whatever planet Saturn visits, it always works to reveal weak areas, and it demands balance. The goal is to create and restore order. It's time when Saturn is in Capricorn, it's time to build things that will last for a long time. Capricorn likes simplicity and quality over quantity. So Saturn in Capricorn is solitary and hardworking. It's going to reward any efforts you do on your own and that take a lot of work. Saturn in Capricorn makes use of fears of want and loss and security to motivate you towards your greatest success. Saturn demands completion and proof that we're worthy before reaping any rewards. So we're all going to be working hard in these next years, but any hard work you put forward that is authentic and quality work will be rewarded. Now, what's interesting is Pluto is also transiting, transiting uh, Capricorn and has been and will continue to uh, until 2024. One of Pluto's jobs is to tear down. One of Saturn's jobs is to build. So this is a very powerful combination. So things are going to be tearing down for us that aren't working and Saturn's going to stick by us until we finally make choices that are authentic and build towards an authentic life. Now, the negative aspects of Capricorn can be materialism, excess, and negativity. These negative aspects of Capricorn do not sit well with Saturn. Saturn in Capricorn teaches us that there's freedom in routine and rules and schedules. So it's time to grow up. It's time to make choices that reflect our authentic self. It's a time for letting go of what and who is not working for our highest good, especially in matters relating to our career, our finances, and our long-term goals. Wow. Yeah, I know. It's kind of kind of tough. But it also... But kind it, of a good it, tough. Well, in my mind, anyway, it, it really does tie into the, the very prevalent themes people that have been coming up in people's readings and in people's lives. And one of the things I'd like to add to that is, you know, when you were saying about the hard work and if you're aligned with the path, and, and we will go into this more when we talk about, you know, uh, manifesting the career that you want to be in. But I think when you are aligned with what you came here to do or what brings you joy or where you lose yourself, the stepping stones become so, so easy to find. It's not a constant struggle. 
No, it's not. It's not. When um, Saturn is in Capricorn, it's a, this is a this would be a great year to start yoga if you have not, because what we're all going to be called to learn is freedom through a regimen. So it made me think of yoga because yoga offers you freedom of your body through very specific postures. So if you think of yoga, it's kind of a good metaphor for what and Saturn and Capricorn is all about. It's a really, yes, exactly. It's also a really important time to let go of negative self-talk and beliefs that are holding you back. It's best during a Saturn and Capricorn time to focus on one, two, or three goals rather than four, five, six, or more. And it's important to remember that there are no shortcuts during this this transit. There really aren't. You've got to put in the work. It's a good time to draw boundaries and keep them. And it's really important to be seen as reliable, consistent, and on time. That's something I'm going to have to work on the <laughs> on time not part. Anything. <laughs> I screech into too many places on two <laughs> wheels, and then I'm so proud of myself. No, no, I'm on time. Yeah, within thirty seconds. The but the other piece is for anyone who I is know. experiencing a Saturn return during this time. We, you know, you have a Saturn return every twenty-seven, twenty-eight, twenty-nine years of on of your time on the planet. So if I think right now for your second Saturn return, if you were born in 59, 60, or 61, though this is going to be, a, I'm going to be blunt, a very kick-ass time with, with Saturn in, in Capricorn to really, like everything that we just talked about times 10 or times 100, it, this is your, your window of opportunity to really go for it. And if you're in your you know late 20s, same thing. What a beautiful gift to be able to, set this, what do you want to manifest for the next segment of your life? This is, is huge. You know, I think it is very, very huge. Um, if it's your Saturn return, and even if it's not, I think there there's an energy building where we're really being asked to let go of outmoded beliefs about ourselves and others and see the world in a different way. I think events that are happening in the world right now are asking us to look at gender in a different way, to look at race in a different way, to look at inequality in a different way. And while it's difficult going through it, I think and something also to beautiful look at is going to come out of it. In a different way. That it isn't just financially based. Uh, yes, and, exactly. And, uh, even on a, a, a different note, but the same theme, the fact that we're all finding each other. And it's so serendipitous. And I'm sure I know that the readings that I've been doing and the reading, I'm sure for you as well, and how many of us are, we're, we're vibrating at the same frequency. I don't think that's a coincidence. Well, I don't believe in coincidence anyway, but um, I, I just think that this is another aspect of that. The fact that people are reaching out and finding like-minded folks for this next part of the game. Yes, exactly. Finding like-minded people, finding a community that is supportive, um, and choosing to be alone if if you can't find that. I think it's better, far better, to be alone than to be in a community that is not supporting you. I don't think it's easy, but and, I think and that it's far goes along better. With the themes that have been very, very prevalent and seem to be getting even stronger for people. And I, you know, briefly touched on it and saying there's no room left for anything that isn't true, but there's, there's just doesn't feel like there's enough time left not to honor who we really are as, as individuals. And part of that is often taking the time by yourself to be reflective and say, you know, this is who I am and I'm wired this way and that's okay. Well, you know, time is speeding up. Um, I find it fascinating to just do a little internal study of that. My kids talk about it all the time. They'll say like, wow, Christmas got here so fast or gosh, break is flying by so fast. I remember being a kid, time never flew for me. And I've asked other people my age and they say the same thing. And they say that their kids are also saying the same thing. And I've read some 
<laughs> scientific crap that I can't understand. Honestly, I read some of that stuff and I feel so dumb that I'm like, why do I try? But supposedly there is some type of proof out there that time is speeding up. And I don't know about you, Denise, but my kids will say to me like, mom, remember when we did such and such? When was that? And I can't remember the year. It really bothers me. It's like, I don't know, was that 2012 or 13? And the years are like running together for me. And it's going by so fast. And so Saturn and Capricorn, I feel, is going to make us slow down a little bit to just dot our I's and cross our T's. And I kind of am looking forward to that. I'm tired of rushing through life, you know, and just... I'm tired of my whole life being one never-ending to-do list. And one of my goals for the new year mm-hmm. is to just not do so much. <laughs> I mean, I do want to work hard this year. I enjoy working. I get pleasure from it. Um, and there are some areas of my life that I just don't have a choice. I have to work hard at, and that's fine. But what I mean is I just want to enjoy my days yes. more than just checking off to-dos so that the years and, aren't and rushing the by. Piece. We've, we've talked about that a whole lot, and I'm hoping that that's part of this as yeah. well. And and what another thing that has been um, for myself and, and for a lot of people I've talked to has been, and I I've, it seems to resonate with folks, is that this winter, these few months we're in right now, really feels like a time to take a step back and regroup and be reflective about what where we've been, where we are now, but also to redefine where we want to evolve to next. And whether that is in relationship or with ourselves or in a career, this this just feels like we're kind of in this lull. And I, a March has come up a lot for in readings for people, springtime, as, and not just because of you know spring, new beginnings, all of those things, but energetically, it feels like we're, we're, we really need to take this time right now to go within and make these choices of what do I want to Me manifest too. or what do I, what do I want my life? Exactly what you just said. What do I want my life to look like? That's so funny. Mm-hmm. Me too. March and June keep coming up in my readings. That's so, I love when, you know, those, those synchronicities happen. There are big shifts coming this year. Um, I hope that most of them are positive. I do think that there's some negative stuff coming uh, politically and government and, you know, that stuff that I think will be difficult. But I think for individual humans, I think there's a lot of positive things coming up where people are going to finally have an opportunity to start to live the life they want to live. And I, I keep getting the message that we don't really have a choice that the universe is going to make it, you know how every time you know you're supposed to make a choice Mm -hmm. and you're resisting it because you're afraid of the change, whatever, you know, resistance always creates more problems. But I I remember like when I kept getting the message that I was supposed to leave teaching and do readings full time, it really, really scared me. And in fact, it still kind of scares me. Um, The other day, someone said something to me I, I don't, they were saying something like they Googled their name and they were surprised that X, Y, and Z popped up. And I never Google my name. And so I thought, let me Google my name. So I did. And I had like a little panic attack because yes. all these stuff about me being psychic mm-hmm. came up, like all my articles and my website and the interviews I've done and my podcast. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit, like it's out there. And how dumb I've been doing this. <laughs> Like, really, how dumb am I? I've been doing this over a decade, but I just, I don't know, like, to see it in black and white on the internet, I was like, well, shit, Sam, like, you can't get away from this. You're not running for political office with this out there, or you're right. not, not, not that I've ever wanted to, but you know how you have those weird thoughts? Um which is why, people, I am having a tea party at my house on May 19th to celebrate Meghan Markle's wedding, because if she does not give all of us people hope, I don't know who does. Like, sometimes, okay, tell me if you've ever thought this. Seriously, sometimes I've thought, like, what if one of my daughters, like, meets a really important guy and falls in love with him, and then the family finds out what I do for a living and refuses <laughs> the wedding? You there. know, you see it, you've read the stories like that. <laughs> 
And I look at Meghan Markle and I'm like, oh my gosh, she makes me feel so normal because her family's as dysfunctional as anyone else's. You know, she's divorced. Her half-sister wrote a tell-all book about her, which is like ridiculous. And the royal family is still accepting her with open arms. Anyway, I digress. Um, My point is, I feel like when I was being asked to leave teaching and join this world of full-time readings, I was so terrified and uh, just frozen. And I was so comfortable being a teacher. It was a rhythm. It was, I could do it in my sleep. I could call it in, as they say. I knew I was good at it. And it's so hard, at least for me, it's so hard to find anything I'm good at and that I feel that I'm good at. And I finally found that. And I was like, hell no, I'm not leaving this. And that semester, I had one of the worst groups of kids I've ever had. They didn't like me. I didn't like them. That had never happened to me. You always have like one or two students that annoy you, but class after class. And and I started to realize, oh no, this is the universe's way of telling me it's time to go. And so just keep in mind, if you are getting a nudge to make a big change this year, know that the timing is right. And know that if you refuse it more than ever now with Saturn and, and, and Capricorn, if you keep refusing it, it might get harder to stay Sing it than the it choir is to with go. That one, Samantha. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) I know, I know, but it's true. And I think even if you can't leave a situation right now, as long as you're making plans to, and as long as you have that light at the end of the tunnel, I think that's really, really good. This is the gift of, of the time period that we're in right now is redefine regroup, look at where do I want to go? What is working in my life? What isn't working in my life? What, and I think as as hokey as it sounds, the more we can find that raises our vibration and we're happy about, that's the key. That's the big hidden secret. That's why the days become more enjoyable. Our lives become more enjoyable. We, I, it's it's taken me a long time to get to that point where realizing it doesn't always have to be struggle and pain and that you know the rug is going to get pulled out from under you maybe we're going into a time where those things aren't going to happen for a change and i know that so many of us have had not the easiest right. stretch of time on the planet so it's it i think it's our turn <laughs> Speak for yourself. Mine's been a breeze. I just think it's our turn. I really do. As silly as that sounds. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've earned it. Um, Damn it, it so, better yes, be. The themes, the the moving forward, the Saturn in, in care, all these things, but also, you know, that, that release piece. Oh, the other thing I wanted to say is as far as when people are living in a fear-based place, and I, I think this kind of ties in with that collective energy I was talking about earlier, people are much easier to control if they're scared. So if you can keep people on edge and frightened and, oh, what's going to happen? And I can't do this because X, Y, Z might happen or because of this is happening in this corner of the planet, that leaves you immobilized so you can't step into your own. Truly, if you don't face that fear and work through the steps to release it, you're just going to keep going around in circles and and following that same loop tape. That's so true. That's so true. Fear is like a cancer. And think about, you know, like the one I had my my lump in my breast. If I had ignored that, what would have happened? Wouldn't have been good. Right. And that's how I think about fear. Like you've got to face it and you've got to cut it out. You've got to just get that fear out. And the only way to get it out is to face it, and embrace it, become friends with it. No. And it's, it's not easy, but nothing, nothing no, good, nothing worthwhile no, in life I, I is easy. Kind of have the mindset that it's good to test yourself once in a while and push yourself through it and, and get on the other side, because there's a sense of self that comes from overcoming 
conflict or distress yeah. or pain or anguish. And, and that's been another thing is that for there's been a lot of people choosing to leave the planet. And I don't mean, you know, choosing to leave by their own hand, but there's been an exodus. A lot of people have, uh, are, uh, are in the midst of grief from having lost people they're close to. I think that's another whole piece to this puzzle. Yeah, that transition uh, that's coming. We're definitely transitioning into something really big globally, but also personally as as a personal consciousness. And I think the people that are leaving are like, okay, I'm done. I'm checking out. And those of us that are remaining are here to bring the light into the and world I, and I, wake people I, up, for, for many, wake ourselves I think it's up. what we came for. I really do. I, I think it's go time. Uh, and mm-hmm. and a huge part of that is, is honoring who you are. I do too. Well, you know, <laughs> yes, yes. Even if it is a weird little psychic. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I, um, wanted to talk a little bit about the numerology of the year because we're going into 2018. And if you reduce that, if you add two plus one, which is three plus eight, you get 11 and 11 is a master number and 11 is the master number of teaching. It's, it's the master teacher. So if you have 11 in your number, it means you're a master teacher. So the fact that the world is moving into an energy of 11 means we're going to be learning and teaching some really big lessons to ourselves and to each other. And when I, when I read about the master 11 and I apply it to the universal year, I, to be honest, I get a little scared because, you know, master numbers are no joke. You know, there's the 11 is the master teacher, for example, and 22 is the master builder. Um, so it's 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 big stuff whenever we hit those those master years. And so I think again that's another sign that we're moving into something big. But one thing I always tell people, I do these rock your number numerology reports where I break down your birth date. Um if people do have a master 11, I always will tell them you can always ask the universe, ask your guides, hey, I'd like mm-hmm. to live from my gentle two energy for a little bit, please. Because if you, you know, you're not supposed to reduce the master numbers to a single digit, um, the 11, 22, and 33, but but you can, um, you know, an 11 obviously becomes two. And two is a number of balance and love and getting authentic in all of our relationships. It's a very gentle number. Uh, every number has its negative side, of course. And the negative side to the two is they can often see things in polarities in black and white. Um, the negative side to the master 11 is a lot of people with the master 11 who don't respond to the call of the teacher or the student um, can resort to depression and negative thinking and sometimes addictions and things like that because they're not answering that big call. And sometimes people feel overwhelmed by that big call and so they ignore it. Um, But the whole point of me saying that is I I do believe that if life gets too hard, you can say to your higher power, hey, I need a little break from all these lessons and all this stuff the universe is asking of me. Give me a week, a two week break, whatever it is. Um, I've done that in my own life and it's amazing. Like Denise, I've, I've called you and, and, and shared with you a couple of things. I mean, I remember one time I asked for like a two week break and I got like hardly any orders on my website. And <laughs> of course, what do I do? I call you today. So I'm not getting I'm any done. orders. What's going on? <laughs> It's over. It's all over. <laughs> and then I have to remember, oh, I kind of asked for this. So now I have to learn to like save up for my breaks so I don't freak out when they come. But when you ask for breaks, they do come. And I just think it's important to remember that we can ask for that. And I think it's important during this time of hard work that's coming up for us, you know, yes. to ask for a break when we need I it. I agree. And, and also to... I have to keep coming back to this. I think when you align with, with giving yourself permission to say, this is what I really want. I want to pursue this goal or 
Um, I want to explore whether or not this is a career that I'll like, or I need to be in a relationship that that it, there's reciprocity and give and take and, and we empower one another. I mean, I think when you, you give yourself that piece of this is what I, I want and it's not selfish and it's not egotistical and it's not self-centered, it's more about aligning your energy with the energy of the universe and saying, okay, we can move forward from here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think when you're manifesting goals, I, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling myself with some goals I'm trying to manifest with how specific I should be, because I think what we need to do is be yes. specific and yet general all at the same time. You know, so what I mean by that is rather than saying like, I want to be in a romantic, unconditional, loving relationship with John Doe or Jane Doe. Take away the person, right? And just say, like, it is my intention to manifest an unconditionally loving relationship with someone who is kind, respectful, you know, on and on and on. And I think about that very first goal book I did when I first learned about goal books, I was uh, 22 years old. I had just finished grad school and I had just moved to Arizona with my boyfriend of five years. And he had a great job. I was looking for a teaching job and it was a really, really difficult time in my life. I, I've never lived that far away from home. Um, I've never, I never had lived <laughs> with a man and I, you know, <laughs> you can take the Catholic girl out of the church. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I was so uncomfortable living with him without a ring on it. You know, it was really a difficult time. So anyway, I read about this goal book thing. And so I didn't know if I believed in it. And so I just wrote down, um, I am happily engaged. And I didn't write to his, you know, his name. Or I didn't put a picture of us. I just took, put a, a picture of a couple, their backs, you know, walking on the beach. Um, and then I wrote down, I teach at, a college because at the time I had gotten a job in a K through eight charter school, which I hated. And I realized what I knew to be true. (laughs) I like my kids. I don't like a lot of other people's kids. (laughs) I'm much better with teenagers and adults, much, much, much better. So I only had a master's in education, so I didn't know how I could teach at the college level, but I didn't even think I believed in this, you know, but I knew I wanted to teach at the college level. So I just wrote it down and I cut out a picture of a girl walking through like an Ivy, you know, covered brick building with books in her hand and put that in there. And then I wrote down, um, I live near family which God knows, I wish I had not written that in hindsight, but I wrote that down. Um, And I wrote down, my other page was, um, I'm a published writer. And within a year of doing that goal book, I was engaged to someone else, not my boyfriend of five years. I was teaching English at the community college, and I was a reporter for my local newspaper. And I was living at the beach near my family. And I don't even know how all that happened. You know what I mean? It was just kind of effortless. You didn't force it into being, it's this person on this beach with this. You you opened up the big, big oak doors and let it fly through. Right, right. And I think about that. And then I, but then like, I remember when um, my former husband and I found this house that I'm living in. 20 years ago, I can't believe I've been living here that long. Um, I fell in love with this house. I mean, just knew it was my home. It, this house should be haunted because it's like a haunted, it's like one of those ghost stories, you know, like where that girl finds the house and she's like, that's my house. That's how it was. And it was so much more than we could afford. And I specifically manifested this. Like once I saw it, I took a picture of it and I wrote, we easily and happily afford this home. I did a nine day novena to Mother Mary. And for any of you Catholics out there, it's hard to do a nine day novena. You have to say that prayer nine times a day for nine days. And if you forget, you got to start all over. But I did it. And we ended up getting this house for $50,000 under asking price. I did. It was like... (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm telling you, Mother Mary rocks. And when we and when we got the house and we're digging up the bushes, I've told the story so many times, so I'm running through it quickly. Um, we found the plastic rosary beads and, buried and like that's a four really feet cool underneath thing. It might the house. Be your, your, underneath you know, the front of the house. It might be Mother Mary you align door. with or Buddha or Allah. It doesn't matter who you align with, but align with somebody or something or some energy or your higher self. or y- y- You have a dream team on the other side that wants to help you is the bottom line. And, But do you see where I struggle with manifesting? Because in the first instance, I was very general and it all happened effortlessly. In the second hmm. instance, I was very specific and it happened. So I just, I always wonder, like, what is it with manifesting? I go back to the more general and it, because I just feel that that works um, for me and the other goal books that I've done, you know, I try to do a new goal book every year and I don't always manifest everything in that goal book. I always try to do five to seven and I usually manifest three or four. Um, and it's always kind of miraculous the way they happen. I remember I put in one of my goal books that I took mm-hmm. my kids to Disney World and I always wanted to stay at the Grand Floridian. It's the really fancy hotel on the property there. And so I put that in my goal book to put out a, you know, cut out a picture of the Grand Floridian. And when I was calling my travel agent and making these arrangements and I had picked out, you know, one of the lesser expensive hotels still on the property, but not on the monorail. And she said, you know, they've got one opening at the Grand Floridian and I can get it for the same price as that hotel. And I was like, really? And she said, yeah, it was amazing. It just worked out. So I just think that you know, with manifesting, maybe the key isn't so much being general or specific, but kind of having that attitude of, I don't know, maybe this will work, maybe it won't work. Maybe that's the attitude of yes, surrender I mean, we need to create our goals for the point. new year. Well, we hope that we have given you all something to think about, some food for thought, and we hope that you are having a wonderful beginning to your new years and taking some time out to honor the moon and be gratitude, be grateful for all the wonderful things that we are going to work hard to manifest this year. And we hope that you take some time to join us on Facebook. If you get a minute, please leave us a comment on iTunes because it helps other people find us and send us your questions for our Q&A. Um, and in the meantime, show up, do good work, and share your light with others. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening, and we hope you have a beautiful week.